Hi everyone! This is the second installment of our Overcomer series. And today we'll talk about overcoming addiction. Yes, addiction. Addiction has plagued, ruined, and destroyed the lives of so many people. It just doesn't affect the person who is afflicted by it. It affects everyone around them, family members, and friends. Sadly, many are not able to escape the clutches of alcoholism, drugs, pornography, or gluttony, or profanity, or rage, or anger. They're unable to control their temper. They find themselves doing the same thing again and again, even if they don't want to. This is what you, you and I, we refer to as addiction. There's a whole addiction industry today trying to help people get out of the firm grip of addiction. There's Alcoholic uh, Anonymous, there's rehab centers, the psychiatric and psychological support and services, and many, many more. Addiction affects Christians and non-Christians alike. It all starts small. Just one try, one sip, one gaze, and the lie that once will not hurt, and then the next lie that you can stop anytime, and then the next lie that it doesn't hurt anyone anyway. Many begin either because it's pleasurable, like most sins, or it's a way to medicate or cover up problems that are plaguing one's soul. It is taking advantage of the very freedom that God has given to us and abusing it to the point of destruction. So those, to those who are watching right now, my word of advice, guys, don't even start. It's going to mess you up. And for those who have any some, any sort of addiction, this is like, let me just, I just want to encourage you. This is actually a message of hope because nothing is too big for our God. Many years ago, when I met the Lord, I felt his love as I was adopted into his kingdom. God spoke to me and I realized that he loved me. I had a rebirth. I was like born again. My eyes began to see things that I couldn't see before, the things of God and spirit. I began to love what God loved and hate what God hated. So there were things that I did before that I, I don't want to do again. And many things in me changed, you know. There's so many things that I realized was not right. It was sin. And I said, I don't want to hurt this God. Because I experienced so much of his love. And since then on, I said, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. Well, some of the changes were easy. They were abrupt. You know, I used to drink a lot and I just said, no, stop, stop this. And many other things. But there were some of the things in my life uh, that were not instant. The hardest thing for me to overcome was my addiction to cigarettes. I started cigarettes and, you know, I just tried it with some friends. <clears throat> I began when I was 13. And it went on. Initially, it was just social smoking. You know, you go out to parties and you smoke. But after a while, you know, I had to do it when I was studying and I was going through college and I was smoking. Every time I tried to stop, I realized it was harder than ever. It was crazy. I began to question myself. Did I really, do I really want to please God? I also began to question my identity in Christ. I had doubts whether I'm truly a child of God because I couldn't kick off my bad habit of smoking. 
I prayed, I attended church, I read my Bible, but I still couldn't remove my cigarette smoking. I felt like I was a prisoner trapped in a sin that I was unable to break. You know, I tried everything. I even tried, uh, you know, taking candies or I go watch a movie, three movies in a day just to be able to do it. And finally, after many, many years, this is true story and this is kind of funny. After many, many years, I was able to stop for three days and I went to church and I began telling all my friends, hey guys, I finally quit smoking. And everybody was so happy for me. Jay, congratulations. You're amazing. And then I went home. Guess what? On the third day, going my fourth day, it resurrected. <laughs> and this time it was bad. I started smoking again. But because I told the whole world already that I stopped, this time I had to hide it. Can you imagine? I was so ashamed. It was so shameful telling them that God did it. Eventually, I, I went back and I started smoking again. Just like many, many are trapped in a situation that is contrary to the will of God and the word of God. Science defines addiction as a treatable chronic medical disease involving complex interactions among brain circuits, genetics, the environment, in an individual's life experience. There's a lot of mix right there. While there are practical steps to overcoming addiction, I realize it's not just a physical or mental craving for something. It is actually very spiritual. The biblical word for the world they call addiction is actually stronghold. Many will find that willpower is not enough to win against addiction. In order to overcome addiction, we have to get to the root of it. Just like, for example, in your kitchen, whether you have a refrigerator or a stove or an electric can opener or a toaster, or whatever appliance you have, all of them are different, but they all find their power from the same source, which is electricity. Regardless of your addictions, it too comes from the same source. When you are in addiction, in a spiritual stronghold, you feel like you're trapped. You've tried to escape but you couldn't. After many attempts to stop, you have accepted it as an inevitable reality. And then you've learned to live with it in your normal day-to-day -day life. You pretend it's not there and or you just manage the sin. Even the most spiritual person in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, struggled with something he couldn't shake. In Romans chapter 7, uh, verses 19 to 20, he says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do, or the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Paul says he was doing things he didn't want to do. He said, he told himself, you shouldn't do it. He said that the willingness was there. I was serious about it, but the ability to pull it off. What I told God I wouldn't do, I kept doing. I kept promising God so it is possible to have to come to Christ and have eternal life and still not yet be free from whatever the stronghold or spiritual addiction happens to be. And so this thing called stronghold or addiction is actually spiritual slavery. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. 
If you are a slave, that means you have a master. He calls the master sin. He doesn't call it a bad habit. He doesn't call it a mistake. He doesn't call it something that you know you, you need to just get over with. He calls it something that is an antithesis to the will and word of God. So let's talk about addiction, whatever category it is. No, it's not just a struggle. You actually have a master. No, you didn't just have a mistake over and over and over again. No, you had a master called sin. Because if you don't know who your master is, then you won't address it for what it is. He calls it slavery being under the whip, an entity that he calls sin. So how does this stronghold or spiritual addiction occur? Because understanding the cause will lead us to the cure, if that makes sense. When you're sick and you go to the doctor, he's going to try to find out the cause so he can give you the right cure. Many of us are trying to cure the symptoms, not the cause or the root of the problem. So we're medicating something that's not the problem and wonder why we're not getting healthier spiritually. To understand this, I want you to follow me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought <clears throat> to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Here we realize that we're not just dealing with the physical and mental struggle. It's very spiritual. Addiction is very spiritual. It affects the soul, which is your mind and your will. It affects your thoughts. But it's also very spiritual because there's a master called sin. If we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ, who was brought back to life, will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once and for all to sin's power. Now that he lives, he lives for God. So consider yourselves dead to sin. Uh, the sin's power, but living for God in the power Christ Jesus gives you. We know that the person we used to be, person you used to be before, was sacrificed, or crucified rather, with him to put an end to sin in our bodies. Because of this, we're no longer slaves to sin. My first point. When you are in Christ, know this, you are no longer a slave to sin. The first step to overcome addiction to, is acknowledge that addiction is a sin. And when you know that the root of the problem is sin and that sin is your master, that is the starting point to overcome it. The next step is to believe that Jesus paid the penalty for your sins by dying on the cross for you. The moment you believe that, you died with him. And if you died with Christ, you will also live with him because Jesus resurrected from the dead and death no longer has any power over him and over you. Now that he lives in you, the person you used to be was also crucified with him. Because of this, you are no longer slave to sin. Isn't that amazing? Now that you have knowledge of the truth, the process to freedom has begun. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
Which brings me to my second point. Stay connected to Christ through His people. Knowing that you're no longer spiritually a slave to sin, you now have to carry on, carry it out in real life. So how are you going to do it? By being in constant fellowship and accountability with His people through discipleship. It's good to be surrounded with good people around you. I mean, if you're kicking a bad habit, you're trying to remove whatever it is, smoking, don't go to places where everybody's smoking or don't go to back to the guys who are doing drugs. I mean, you have to find the people of God who can help you and you have to be accountable to them. Having godly people around you at these crucial stages of the process is critical. This is the practical step to being set free. Next point, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The battle is in your mind. And as much as sin is no longer your master, your default mindset, your old way of thinking hasn't changed yet. You still default to certain behaviors and thinking because your old ways still remains. The next practical step is to fill your mind, okay? Fill your mind with the truth of God's word. Sin is no longer your master. Now fill it with your mind. You have to believe the truth. Consistent renewal of the mind will ultimately direct you towards freedom. Now you can say, no, I can do this. Okay, I believe I'm, I'm set free. Yeah, I don't have to do this again. You'll even come to the point where, where you're going to hate sin. You're going to hate it so much because you know, you know that this habit is not from God and that you know that God can do it for you because he loves you. It's no longer you trying to fight it. It's now God doing the battle in your behalf. Wow. That's awesome. Your belief and conviction will increase as you learn more of the truth. You know why? Because he that is in you, in us, is greater than he that is in the world. And the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Point number four. Tell people about how God has set you free. Tell the whole world. Tell the whole world that I, hate, I hated what I did before. It's something that was hard to remove, but God did it for me. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Okay? So how do you overcome? By actually sharing your testimony and acknowledging how God overcame your addiction. This will continue to help you carry on the victory to its fulfillment. Overcoming addiction cannot be achieved by sheer willpower. Good news. God can. Let him fight the battle for you. The starting point is Jesus. For those who are watching today, and you are in any form of addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol or rage of anger or porn, which is affecting so many young people today, not just the young, everyone. Okay. Today, believe. Today is the day you're going to be set free from all of these. If you're sick and tired of the enemy taking a hold of you, if you're tired of sin as your master, now is the day. Now is the time to be set free. If that is you, and you say, Pastor Jay, I, I want to be set free. If that's you. 